It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Kia ora and welcome to the run home on SENZ this Friday, the 20th of January. Thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone, stability meets the freedom to move. Kim Downs with you this Friday afternoon and a beautiful summer's day in Auckland alongside the one, the only Mitchell McLennigan. I'm so sorry, Mitch. Goodness, what a way to get back into the year butchering your name. That's professional, isn't it? (laughs) Not a problem, not a problem. I'll tell you, I saw a couple of those Rotoflex shoes uh, across at the pub. Just at the Paddington, boys had to take them off of the doors. Oh, Obviously, missed, missed my hard, invite to hard, the old yeah, A hard day at work, uh, yeah. So the foreman, uh, their boss was taking them out for a beer. Yeah, well, it actually quite an early beer. Is that quite a hint to our boss? Are you coming in hot this Friday, <laughs> dropping hints to the boss straight off the bat? Because I respect it, if that is the case. Uh, yeah, look, hey, I, I did check the beer fridge, beer fridge uh, before I got here, getting your disease. Uh, there's nothing <laughs> in there, Kim, so, so we've got a dry afternoon. There'll be no after-work drinks, which my wife will probably be very happy about. But, <laughs> hey, um, geez, what a week. What a week we've, we've, we've had so far sporting-wise. It's fantastic, isn't it? So it's uh, some exciting stuff happening over the weekend as well, Kim. Yeah, very much so. Looking forward to this weekend. We will, of course, be getting into so much of it because, well, it's perfect having you here, actually, since it's such a massive time in cricket at the moment from the Black Caps to the under-19s, even the Black Clash tonight. We will also be keeping across uh, one of the Super Smash games this afternoon, Auckland-Wellington. That very specific reason is because it also marks the return of one Kyle Jamieson to professional-level cricket. Played, I think, at least one, maybe a couple of club games uh, since he did that back injury in England in June last Mm. year, uh, but finally making his return on the provincial front today. So it'd be very good to keep across that uh, and great to get your take you on it. You potentially as a, as a be the biggest Cole, Cole Jameson fan that I've actually met. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon every time I've, I've seen you, you've talked about Cole Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's what just... Is it? Maybe it's just a height thing, like I admire tall people yeah. because I'm so short. Yeah. Do you think that's a possibility? It could be. It yeah. could be. Uh, yeah, dashing look. He's not a bad looking dude as well for, for a tall fella. I know your partner listens to the show. <laughs> you can say if you think he's good looking, Kim. Oh, now, now. I can't believe that we're all of five minutes into the show and you're already trying to stitch me up on that sort of <laughs> level. Unreal. However, I will be looking forward to your uh, sporting analysis as opposed to, you know, your uh, analysis of anyone's particular looks, the aesthetic, etc. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, Hey, you, you enjoyed a song that's come out recently, is that right? Oh, okay. So this is, this is what... I turn into summer sport, right? You know, everything's a bit of a vibe. Everything's good. Hopefully you're all enjoying, you know, the kind of general summer vibes at the moment as well. And today, all I've been doing is listening. And I promise, I promise you this has a sporting uh, relationship of sorts. Is listening to this new Shakira banger. Take a listen. Mastique, trague, trague, mastique. Yo contigo ya no regreso. 
while it's going, Kim, talk us through why you're loving it so much. Well, first of all, it's a tune. Yeah. In terms of, you're probably quite confused about why we're playing Shakira, and particularly um, one of her Spanish language songs, well, all of them are Spanish to be fair, but one that she hasn't done an English translation for uh, during the run home today. It's actually, it's a diss track, Mitch, because her ex, in case you didn't know, is a footballer, Gerard Piquet, yeah. uh, and they split recently, all sorts of sordid things happening, there was an affair, there was all sorts... And so she's now released this as a bit of a, yeah, a diss track is is probably uh, the way to sum it up the best. Yep. And it's very specific. Yeah. Uh, and it also includes, includes phrases such as, uh, you've gone from a Ferrari to a Twingo, didn't even know what that was. No. It's a, it's a car. From okay. a Rolex to like a, a Casio. Yeah, I guess. Yep. Something like that. Okay. Um, and I just, I'm enjoying it because it's a good beat more than anything else. Well, the Rolex to a Casio one's classic, eh? Because apparently he came out and said, well, he's just signed a, signed a deal with Casio. So he's trying to profit from it. So, which is bloody good. Although, last couple of days, people might know that that's what he came out and said. Casio said they haven't. So, ooh. Ooh, there you go. Ooh. Just stir the pot. What I would love is for Rolex to come out and say they've done a deal with Shakira. Shakira. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, I'll see. I'll I would see. have the utmost of respect. Yeah, that'd be proper, eh? Yeah, that would be proper. And it's always, you know, it's always quite fun, isn't it? Listening in, in a way, to other people's dramas. I'll tell you what, it's, uh, I'd rather listen to that than you and Harry Styles. Like all What's the, wrong with hats? Oh, I just know you just love them. That's why we play on Friday every okay. time I'm here. So Bit eight minutes Styles. in, yep. and you've stitched me up twice now. Yep. I'm not even that much of a Harry Styles fan. Mm. Justin Bieber, sure. Harry Styles, come on. Give me this one. <laughs> you love it, eh? You love it. I'll, t- <laughs> I'll tell you what, we're talking about breakups. And, uh, well, geez, there's been some interesting stuff with Michael Clark. Michael Clark, indeed. I don't know if you've seen... This one, you can look it up if you want to. Basically, <laughs> what has happened here? And this is, uh, I heard the phrase peak Australian culture, which resonated in a mm. way with me. Basically, he was caught on video having a big fight uh, with his partner. They were out for dinner with Carl Stefanovic, who's a big name in the media over in Australia. And they were screaming at each other. And again, I, I don't know how we've got onto this theme on a Friday afternoon, but allegations of cheating once again. Shock. Uh, Aussie shock. cheating. <laughs> was Bloody there sandpaper? No was surprises there. Was there sandpaper involved? <laughs> Jeez, could have been. Oh, who knows? He did go back to the ex. Oh, Mitchell. Those are, <laughs> those are allegations, allegedly, right? Speculated, etc. Uh, but yeah, so there's this video doing the rounds. Michael Clark's here, and I just think it's it's tickling people's funny bone a bit because he's there, he's getting yelled at, he's shirtless, he's calling Carl Stefanovic Carlos. Uh, so his partner and Carl's partner are sisters, mm. hence part of the connection. Yep. And it is just it is somewhat mind blowing to me. That someone who was ever of that stature in Australian sport has now kind of been reduced to a bit of a joke in this regard. I think I think he's been a bit of a joke for a while. If I'm going to be completely honest, yeah, you see, he's kind of gone off the rails of, of Michael Clark, hasn't he? But, he is a bit. Hey, yeah. now speaking of Australian culture, Mitch, you've mm. had your own taste of late. So tell me about it. You gig over in Oz. 
Yeah, I've just got just got back this morning from the stars, just talking to Watto about it before, just doing some shadowing with bowling coaching at, at the stars. So that was good fun. Uh, yeah, different different being on the other side of the fence. Um, you can see why coaches get so frustrated at, at players. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. And uh, yeah, a few apology texts I think I'll probably have to send out to a few past coaches uh, after this. Uh, yeah. We should get we should get one on the line. We could do a full on air oh, apology. Yeah, who do you want? <laughs> Give take, me a few. take your pick. Uh, but what I was interested in as well, Mitch, is after you're coming back from the coaching gig and you're sitting in the airport lounge waiting to go home. I hear you had a wee uh, interaction. Yeah, I did. I was actually in the lounge, just in the Qantas lounge, or Emirates lounge, and um, they were like, I went and gave my t- ticket over, um, and he was like, okay, just let you know, lounge is shutting in half an hour. So I was like, okay, that's all good. Get a feed, have a beer before coming back. And so half an hour goes by, and then I was like, oh, okay, cool, hasn't shut yet. And then literally at that point in time, Rafa Nadal walks around with his entourage um, and sits down and parks up uh, for the for the next hour, and so the lounge that was supposed to shut didn't shut um, <laughs> until Rafa Nadal actually got up and left, and then they whipped around and told everyone to bugger off. So they kept the, kept the lounge open for Rafa. So that's that's next level stardom. The weird thing about it was there was, there was an older couple sitting next to me, and uh, and obviously the old fella realised it was Rafa Nadal who walked past. Rafa gets up to go to the toilet. <laughs> and and the old guy gets up and stands up, and starts following him, and his wife goes, "Harold, no, Harold!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And he's like, "You yeah, tried to follow him into the toilets, but that's that's not unusual." I don't I've, know why I, people think it's a good idea to follow stars. I've got questions. Into, this, yeah, this is a. I feel like this is a, a primarily male thing. Not wanting to generalise too much. Yeah, but have you? So you've been followed into a. Yeah, bathrooms, numerous times. Have you? Numerous times, yeah. And mainly just in India. Yeah. But I'll put the question out to like the listeners. Have you ever followed a sporting star into the bathroom to have a chat? Maybe grab a wee selfie? First time Let I've seen know. a seven year old do it, mate. Like, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was bizarre. And the wife was mortified. Absolutely <laughs> mortified. And fair play to her, too. Hey, while we're on the tennis front, what a day. Well, what a night, really, uh, depending on what part of the world you're in of tennis it has been. The Andy Murray second-round match at the Australian Open against the Nasi Kokonakis, absolutely incredible. Came back from two sets to love and 5-2 in the third down to win that. Have a listen to what he had to say afterwards. So you've just eclipsed the longest match you have ever played in your life. Any thoughts on how you did that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It was, um, yeah, I mean, unbelievable that I managed to, to turn that round. Tanasi was playing, I mean, serving unbelievable, hitting his forehand huge, and I don't know how I managed to, to get through it. I did, I did start playing better as the match went on. Um, and yeah, I have a big heart. <laughs> Well, Andy, if I may say, you have big everything, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure my wife would agree. Um, That's not what I meant. Um, you don't have to answer that. <laughs> um, um, it's the motion so, in the ocean, as they say. <laughs> so imagine, imagine addressing that question after you've stayed up to, I think it was, what, 4 a.m. local time? playing tennis, which does bring us to a whole nother issue of 
wh- why in the world have we got these athletes at the highest of levels yeah. having to play at four o'clock in the morning? Oh. What? <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was what, great. Did you stay up for the Everyone's, whole thing? No, no absolutely not. I was on the plane. But yeah, I think it's awesome, though. Think about the poor ball kids, though. They're, they're front of life, oh, mate, you know, because you've got the spectators. Watching the best players tickets. in the world within like five metres away what from the best seats in the house. What if they the next day? Oh, no, it's I guess it's summer holidays. holidays <laughs> that would be the best <laughs> thing in the world for kids. them. Yep, and they know that they are past the bedtime. Are they tough, real tough for the kids. While, while we're looking at that and talking about uh, Michael Clark, I just brought up his home and away stats. Oh, um, yeah. So at home, when he plays at home, he averages 62 or averaged 62 with a bat. Away, he averaged 39 and a half. So I feel like Michael Clark was just trying to boost his average away from home. There you go. There's my dad joke for the day. There we go. Well done. We've got it out there. We've got it out there. Perfect. And I know, and I know, you, know you want the dad joke sent through. So send them through. Double eight, double three on the temper and bedpost text line. Fire them up. You do know how much I love a dad joke. Mm. Hey, speaking of firing up, we have segues going like nothing else today. By the way, I'm quite impressed. Uh, Novak Djokovic during his second round match at the Aussie Open, getting a, a bit of heat from the crowd. Have a listen. Thank you. So I'm not sure if you heard that there, but he's talking uh, about a heckler in the crowd. Someone else tells him, I think, to shut up, and he thanks him. He then goes on to have a conversation with the umpire. The guy's drunk out of his mind. From the first point, he's been provoking. Provoking, he's not here to watch tennis. He just wants, he just wants to get in my head. So I'm asking you, what are you going to do about it? You heard him at least 10 times. I heard him 50 times. What are you going to do about it? So what a return to Australia for Novak, who of course didn't play last year. I do believe uh, the guy that he was referring to actually got himself up out of the seat and, and left of his own accord yep. at some stage, which fair enough. But my goodness, talk about a night of drama. Well, he says he loves coming to Aussie, but like you go to Aussie, that's just what you expect. Yeah. You just expect people to fire up and be a bit intoxicated, uh, just heckling you the whole time. So oh, look, oh, that's what I love about the Aussie crowd. So they just get stuck in. They just, yeah, love a schooner. Well, you'd, I mean, you presumably would have fielded on the boundary a bit in Aussie in your day, copped a bit? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. It's not too bad. New Zealand's worse. Really? <laughs> yeah. New Zealand's worse. That's, that's funny. Yeah, it's entertaining. <laughs> that's bloody good stuff. As uh, long as it's entertaining. Yeah, Aussies have got shit chat. At least there's some humour from the New Zealand crowd. <laughs> At least they've got a little bit of decent, decent banter. So. I do I do always remember on the heckling front the 2015 World Cup. Remember when Glenn Maxwell was playing at Eden Park, you guys, and he was making the... Choking gestures. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Making the choking gestures. Thank goodness we don't win that game uh, at the crowd. So I can only imagine how much he was copying at the time. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, everyone gets stuck I, into it, eh? I would never be brave enough to yell <laughs> at a player on the field. Never never in my life. I don't oh, believe in uh, Boeing. After a few schooners at, at the tennis, I think you probably would. I don't know if I would. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd go more for the uh, vocal cheering than the banter. All right, we Shall need we to do. It? We need to do a poll on how many schooners it's going to take to, to <laughs> take to get you <laughs> to bring the out, vocal, yeah, to bring out the worst of me. Hey, look, mm. also coming up on the show. By the way, we do, of course, have Beaver's best, Mitch's millions, because it is Friday. 
Fry yay, people. So make sure you do got, get those texts in uh, on the Temper text machine. Temper and bed posts, range of mattresses and adjustable bases. Adapt to the exact shape of your body so you can put your head and feet up in comfort. Also on our Macca's menu today, thanks to Mick Delivery. BP is joining us on the show a little later on. A heap to get through with him. Uh, Mike Delaney is also coming on to talk to us about the Black Sticks effort over at the World Cup in India. Grant Elliott joins us to talk all things Black Caps, also over in India. So fair play to both of those guys coming on the show. Appreciate their time very much. Louis Herman Watt as well is on to talk some racing. Ben Sawyer, the White Ferns coach, uh, is on to talk about the World Cup squad that they have just released today. A whole lot of other cricket in store too. Thanks to Mick Delivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. It's 4.24pm and you know what time it is? Never too early for a dad joke. That's what Donald is on the line from Christchurch now. Donald, how's it going? A new year and a Merry Christmas. To you too, thank you. Hope the new year's going well for you. So far above ground, that's the main thing. (laughs) Likewise, my friend, likewise. I'm excited for this dad joke. What have you got for us? Oh, it's just a simple one, uh... Why did the hedgehog cross the road? Why? To see his flatmate. <laughs> Donald, did you tell this one to staff before Christmas? I did, yes. Oh, I've, heard, I've heard this. No. And I've actually reused it, Donald, so I've used that at every family gathering, every get-together. So, yeah. The other good one was, uh, why did the chicken cross the or how did the chicken cross the road? How? In a KFC bucket. There you go. There you go. Oh, well, Donald, I had not heard that, and I very much appreciate it. Yeah, i got one more for you, a quick one. You're far away. Knock, knock. Who's there? Bumblebee. Bumblebee who? Bumblebee cold if you don't pull your pants up. (laughs) Great work, Donald. Great work. That just shows how we've started the show today, Kim. We've been below the bar. We've been below the bar. Some great chat. Thanks for that, Donald. Appreciate that, mate. Have a great day, Donald. Oh, I love our listeners. So have we we set up the show like we have with some terrible chat? Terrible chat. (laughs) (laughs) Kim has seen any number of areas, Mm. but that's all right. We actually got a text in earlier. Uh, This one's for you. Mitchie. Kim and Mitch. Hi guys. Mitch, what was your top pace? 150k? Question mark. Really like the look of Ben Sears and welcome back Kyle Jameson. Let's hope he can add a few k to his speed. Thanks guys. Cheers from Ken. Yeah, apparently in the in the IPL by one ball to Yuvraj Singh was 151 but I reckon that's a lie. I think um, speed guns uh, yeah, off. Yeah, a New Zealand game at, um, in Hamilton um, against English uh, by 147, uh, 146, 147. Do so you... which is fast enough for me. Yeah. Can like do you have a feeling when it comes out of your hand and it's oh, yeah, that you, pace? You do you click. kind of have yeah, an inkling? You, yeah, you click. Yeah, it feels good and guys guys shit the bed. But Ben Sears, I, I really like Ben Sears. I was just trying to see if he's on the scorecard today. I, I imagine I think he's been out with injury. And it's that's the whole thing with Henry Shipley coming into the side, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to think who he's gone past because they're playing him as a bowler. And Ben Sears was one of those guys they tried to put some time into the last couple of days. And as we speak, your man, uh, Kyle Jamieson, comes onto the screen at Spark Sport, back into the fixture. Where, well, geez, Ben Lister, the newest black cap, going to go yeah. on tour, taking two for none off his first two overs, or two for three now. So Yeah, the Firebirds, eight for two at yeah. the moment. So not having a fun day out at the old uh, outer oval at Eden Park. No, I, re- I really, to answer the question, I, I really like Ben Sears. I like what, he, what skills he brings into, or particularly his pace, um, and the when Hamish Bennett was there and Ollie Newsom, those experienced guys, 
Um, he was a really good addition to their attack. And it's going to see how, with those guys gone and Logan Van Beek being there as the other really senior bowler, Sneddon stood up this year, um, but how he goes about leading attack in the next couple of years will be interesting. Mm. And who's going to help him um, get those other skills, which people like KJ and Ben Lister have had to learn the last couple of years to be able to compete in the white ball game. So, no, he's a, he's a great prospect, actually, a great prospect. Mm. Can also text in, guys, nice to see RTS uh, playing cricket at Blues training with the kids. I think that was, yeah, just down in central Auckland, which is lovely. Yeah, I saw him. He's playing. He's he's got the bug, eh? After like, I <laughs> yeah. saw him at Christmas. He had a few back, backyard barbecue Christmas with the family, but a BYC. So uh, yeah, so that's great, eh? Did you have BYC with the family? Don't do it. I'll leave that to Kieran. You're not allowed, like, right? No. You might, you can't be allowed. <laughs> no, no, like no. it's actually it's not fair. Or if no, you do, I, I surely do, you have to be quite kind. I do bowl to the kids, like just a but kindly, to, yeah. right? You don't kind of the old underarms, eh? You no, no. <laughs> no, it's right, great. You're not actually. rolling the arm over at 130 k at the kids. No, no. Well, I can if they piss me off. I don't mind that. <laughs> Teach them young, eh? Just put, eh? Them, just put them in their place. Put, put them in the place. Oh, yeah, oh. learn learn to play some hard cricket, nice and young. That's what it's all about, Kim. <laughs> all about. So. Maybe maybe if I'd had a you figure in my life at a young age, I, you know, could have gone on to great oh. things if I'd been toughened up nice and well, early. You've done pretty well to become the number one fan of the Cole Jameson Oh, fan for club. goodness sake. People so. are actually going to think you're serious if you keep going on like <laughs> Check this. Check it on Facebook. And Kim started what? it. So, yeah. <laughs> Is that still a thing on Facebook? I don't, I've got no idea. Fan groups? You would have had a few. You would have had a few, Mitch. You check them, don't you? On no, the daily. Yeah, that's the one. That's, that's the, the one. Okay, we've got something else to talk about. <laughs> we've got, yeah, what else has been oh, going on? Oh, how the tables have been going turned. On? What else has been going on? Uh, in, in life or in sport? In sport. Quade Cooper? Richie McCall? You love this, eh? You love a bit of beef? I love, oh, storytellers, mate. We always love a bit, a bit of beef. Have a listen. Uh, don't appear to have that, but he was talking on an interview recently up his uh, talking up the interactions that we all know, the kind of well-known ones, don't we, uh, with Richie McCaw. I think we've got that now. I, I idolised him growing up. Mm. You know, to every New Zealander was like, that was the dude. Mm. And you like, just wanted to meet him, you know mm. what I mean? But now I'm playing for Australia. Mm. So like, in the Australian like, locker room and stuff like this everybody's like the opposite yep. they just want to kill him and then but i'm like oh, he's my favorite player like him and dan carter yeah. you know what i mean so yeah, then i'm for like sure, for sure but then so i kind of was like oh i've got to develop this you know i've got to hate him too yeah yeah and so then in in the game in hong kong i clean him out and he's sort of on the ground i clean him out and i'm sort of standing over him he just like kicks off with his his foot mm sort of get get me off and I was like oh he kicked me you know? so then I like sort of said a few words to him and then the next I sort of following him around like in my head I was I just wanted to get him back and then we end up scoring the the try that tied the game mm. like in overtime and he sort of made the tackle on O'Connor as he was sort of falling over and I come flying in and I give him a shove and that sort of kicked that off yeah you know because I gave him a shove and said some words to him and then the um, Mulia and a few other boys come in and sort of push me off. But it was like, in my head, when I look back, I'm like, that was just my emotion that I had built up to have some type of motivation against this guy. Man, I, I, I love watching the All Blacks. Mm, interesting thoughts. We'll be back right after the news. Really? Because, you know, 
it's kind of it's kind of that weird middling time of year, isn't it? Uh, and it's also the time of year where we get to talk a lot of cricket, including with our mates at the TAB. Brendan Popplewell is on the line now. BP, how are you going, mate? How's your summer? Yeah, it's been good, thanks, Kim. Yeah, and uh, you're right. A, a, a lot of cricket, and even uh, a match tonight that uh, is taking a bit of interest. And of course, that being uh, the Black Clash, uh, where there's been some uh, interesting betting uh, around this match. Yeah, talk to us about that. There's, you've got a lot of power plays going with the Black Clash tonight, don't you? Yeah, there is. And and look, there's some there's some nice ones there if you want to find some players that could potentially roll back the clock and and, and find themselves uh, back in some form. One that's taking a bit of interest is around Adam Porore. Uh, Fifteen runs. Uh, to take a catch and to take a stumping. Of course, he did take a, a, a good stumping uh, when he played in the last black clash. He looked pretty sharp behind <laughs> the stumps. Uh, did one a porore, so uh, there's a bit of money around that. But also, uh, punters love Will Jordan. They love them to score a try or score the first try, mm. and they're pretty keen to get around Will Jordan to be the top run scorer for Team Rugby. He's 450, oh. uh, and look, we all know he's a dab hand in holding a cricket bat, and there's money for him. At the 4.50, along with Kieran Reid at 5.50. Of course, Neil Broom is uh, the cricket player amongst the team rugby that is the favourite at $4. But uh, punters are, are just searching around uh, around those options with Kieran Reid and Will Jordan. And if you think Will Jordan can go big uh, tonight, we've also got a bet uh, in our power play for him to score 50 or more, which is currently sitting uh, at $4. Overall, though, uh, the most... Uh, Take money in the matches around team cricket who sit uh, at a dollar fifty-five. Well, I heard a little birdie said that there might be the possibility that Israel Dag might open the innings, uh, and he's sitting down there at seventeen bucks. I don't know if the TAB is caught up on that one yet, so that might be get your money on quickly while you have BP on the phone. Uh, that's that's a decent chance. Uh, John O'Hickey's sitting there at six bucks as well, mate. Like he was an ex um, Northern Districts A player. Uh, good player, yep. good cricketer actually, very good cricketer. So yeah, he's he's yeah. handy there on that money as well. All right, yeah, no, I like I like that little bit of intel as well, Mitch, uh, around uh, Izzy Dan. You just don't back uh, him in, eh? <laughs> <laughs> of course not, of course not. We'll leave it there, dangle the carrot, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Geordie Barrett too. We've seen some money in the power plays around him. Geordie to hit a six to take a wicket and to take a catch. Uh, at around that $9 mark is is also uh, taking a bit of interest. And what about the uh, Black Caps, BP? Yeah, well, interesting that we've, we have seen a bit of money uh, for, for the Black Caps, um, but they're currently sitting at an outside price of $3.10. India, $1.33. That, that's short enough for punters. Uh, we, haven't any, we haven't had any big bets rolling in on the Indian $1.33 price, but in terms of small bets, punters were keen to get, get amongst the $3.10. Uh, we've got a power play that uh, punters like, and it's around Michael Bracewell, of course, with his innings uh, you know, a couple of days ago to score 25 runs and to take two wickets. Uh, mm. He's at a price of $6 uh, at the moment. Good. I like, like it. Um, we're just trying to see where India's top run scorer is. I feel like Coley's been in good form, missed out the other night. He's at $3.50, so that's not a bad shout, shout either there. I know it's a little bit shorter than the rest of them, but he doesn't miss out uh, more than twice really at the minute, the run of form he's on as well. And we're looking at NFL, mate. We've got a huge, huge weekend coming up with the NFL. Massive. Um, look, this is uh, starting to get to the pointy end now, and 
Look, the matchups with Kansas City Chiefs uh, and uh, the Jaguars, 119 for the Kansas City Chiefs. Well played to win the match. Well played to win the Super Bowl, uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Buffalo Bills and the Bengals. This is an interesting one. Buffalo Bills, 139. Uh, Bengals, $2.80. I will say there has been a little bit of money around the $2.80 from the Bengals and also on the plus five and a half line, which is currently sitting at $1.87. And the 49ers, gee, I'll tell you what, 49ers, $1.46. We're taking money on them to win the whole thing. Uh, They're around a $5 price. They are looking good. Uh, We've seen some good steady flow of money uh, around the 49ers uh, to go all the way. Uh, five dollars third favourites. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs three seventy five. Buffalo Bills four dollars. Uh, Philly six dollars. Bengals eight dollars. Of course, were denied last year and beaten by the Rams. So, what are you thinking? You, uh, you well, got, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at the Bills. They struggled at home last week against Miami, who played out of their skin. Let's give them that. Um, I think they've just been a little bit off the ball um, since Demar. Hamlin, Hamlin went down. So um, Cincinnati weren't convincing either against Baltimore. But look, I, I like the looks. I like the looks of Joe Burrow over over Josh Allen just this year. I think he seems to have that temperament in those big games. So that might that that money there. I know they're away, uh, but that three dollars eighty you were talking about uh, could be. Oh, sorry, two dollars eighty head to head. It's actually is not a bad shout. And if you want to take those um, that lead as well, mate, it's it's probably not bad. That plus five. Point five as yep. well, but yeah, forty niners, mate. Uh, that's not a real. That's not a bad shout. There's quite a few forty niners fans out there. Uh, you, I think most people are just hoping that the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals all beat each other up. That's it. That's the one. I think that's the, that's the read everyone's getting. So uh, yeah, uh, love this time of year when it gets to the, to the NFL and uh, and punters certainly enjoy having a punt as well. Uh, tennis. Going to talk some tennis uh, as well, team. We've seen money in. The men's outright market just change a touch uh, with Djokovic, who was very much a, a demanding favourite at round 170. He's now 210. Uh, just seen a little shift in the market here. Medvedev, $3.40. Uh, and I guess we better talk about Sir Andy as well, because he's $41. Uh, he's had two uh, strenuous uh, matches where they've gone five mm. sets. Can he keep going? Uh, we've had a little bit of money on him at the $41. Uh, but yeah, just that interest around Medvedev currently a very solid second favourite at three forty. Nice, thank you, BP. I tell you what, with Sir Andy Murray, regardless of whether or not he makes it past another round, I think this tournament will be remembered as his one on the back of what he's already done alone. Uh, Brendan, have a wonderful weekend, huge weekend of sport up ahead. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, BP there from the TAB, watching bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. That's R8. Yes, Kim and Mitch with you this Friday afternoon. A reminder as well that with Mitch in the hot seat, we are doing Mitch's millions here. Here on the run home, this is our four-leg multi. We'll pick three. Well, Mitch will. Uh, and you get to pick one. And if it comes through, you get all the cash. So do get those tips in for the weekend. What would you like to see that money spent on? Time now to talk hockey. We have Blacksticks assistant coach Mike Delaney on the line joining us very kindly, Mike. And we do thank you from India where they're at the World Cup ahead of what will be a big crossover match against India at that World Cup. How are you going over there, mate? How have you assessed how the team has gone so far? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we're pretty uh, disappointed, I suppose, in, in our run so far. But hey, what more can you ask for to line up against India in a and a bit of a make or break in a pretty amazing stadium with a sold-out crowd. So really looking forward to the challenge. 
Yeah, we hear a lot, I think, like a lot of Kiwi sports fans would be familiar with the atmosphere and things like that when it comes to the cricket scene, of course, in India. When it comes to the hockey scene, what is that experience like? Oh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's um, definitely the home of hockey is, is India in many ways mm. and, and the fans are <laughs> pretty pretty loud and, and pretty cr- uh, crazy and it's pretty cool when they start chanting um, some of the guys' names as well. So the guys really, really relish it and it's it's pretty special for hockey because we don't normally have this kind of following so it's, it's quite exciting. Mm. Uh, commiserations as well just coming off the back of that loss to Malaysia what did you take out of that one? Yep obviously a frustrating match um, in in the end of it I I think we did enough to have a a good crack at it we had something like 45 or 50 circle penetrations so we'd expect to be scoring quite a few more goals than we did but Mm. It's, it was one of those games where we couldn't couldn't really buy a goal. So mm-hmm. it's I think we've just got to kind of, the, the age-old saying, and trust the process and, and put the ball in the back of the net. Just on there, we had Sam Lane on leading up to this World Cup talking about um, obviously how he thought the World Cup was going to go. He said Malaysia was really a team on the improve. Uh, how, how come they've improved so much over the last couple of years and, and what did they bring to the table last night that kind of threw you off a little bit? I'm not sure if it's what they brought as much. Like, you don't want to take anything away from them. They played a hell of a game. It's, and they've got some kind of seasoned veterans back back in um, the saddle. But it's more about uh, our kind of failure to execute more than anything. But, hey, Malaysia's a hell of a side. They're, they're really fit and they're kind of tenacious as well. So credit to them as well. Yeah, you talk about big players, experienced players who are going to stand up against, obviously, the Malaysians stood up against you guys. Uh, someone like Simon Childs who's come back and just set up. Um, the last 10 minutes I watched of him against Chile, some of that stick work, some of that movement was outstanding, mate. Is he is he one of the main guys who's going to have to stand up against India in this much match coming up? I, th- I think uh, Simon's definitely an important cog to the system and, it, and it's really awesome to have him back into the mix for this and his kind of wealth of experience and, and as you say, his silky skills on the ball um, are amazing and, and are really kind of essential for us. There's a, a number of big players in our team that will be really looking forward to this match and there's an expectation that they will step up. So, yeah, we've, we're going to make sure we do everything we can to really take the game on against India. Mm, and I think as well, you know, when it comes to this side, we, we have seen them in previous years stand up when the heat has been on them in a, in a similar fashion in many ways. What sort of attitude do you expect them to go out there with when it comes to, to playing the hosts? Yeah, well, I think it's that kind of classic underdog um, mentality for us as a group. And as I said, playing India at home at a World Cup, there's kind of no bigger mm. um, opportunity for the lads. So there's no doubt that their motivation will be high and, and everyone's kind of itchy to get a result so there'll, there'll be an excitement to it obviously some nerves but I'm sure we can turn that into a really high quality performance mm. and what's it like for you guys at the moment as well in terms of things like your schedule because I feel like we've got pinnacle events kind of coming out our ears a wee bit uh, at the moment with the recency of the last Olympics, with the Com Games, with this World Cup, with the next Olympics next year. I imagine that puts quite a lot on, on your plate and the other coaches' plates in terms of your planning and preparation for all of those things. 
Yeah, definitely. It's it's a busy schedule and it only seems to get busier. Um, and I think the the balance is, is tricky for sure, especially with a lot of the guys that are based um, in Europe now. Mm. So that's kind of uh, similar to a lot of teams, really, where we're kind of coming together <laughs> um, not, not too long before we head off. So there is a, definitely a balance in terms of kind of trying to get the technical, tactical, but also balancing the family and, and all that kind of stuff as well. So it's definitely a, still a, a privilege and an honour um, to represent the country, but there's obviously a little bit of sacrifice that goes into it as well. But um, I think all in all, we're, we're going to make sure that we get all the prep and planning and, and continue to grow the depth of the players as well because that's, that's really important. Um, just on Europe, just quickly, uh Kim doesn't want me to mention Germany. She's got um, PTSD oh, from, from Germany from uh, last time you guys came up against them. But uh, who's they're a team that you might come up against, either them or Belgium, if you guys get past India. Who, what are the main teams that have uh, really impressed you so far in this tournament? Yeah, that's a, that's a uh, tough, tough. Um, it's a lot of memories for a lot of the guys around Germany. But um, in terms of some... Uh, Impressive hockey. Like I think England's playing some really nice hockey. They they put on a bit of a show again last night, and Australia look look pretty bloody good as they always do. Um, and then you've got Belgium and and Germany that are really really strong. So there's a number of teams um, playing some nice hockey. So like it, it's it's sport, right? So mm-hmm. everyone can do their thing until crossovers, and and then it's kind of all up in the air in some ways. Game on. Mitch is going to get a right telling off in this next ad break. Mike, thank you so very much for your time. All the very best for the rest of the tournament. We'll be watching with interest. Welcome back to the run home this Friday, 4.59pm. You are with Kim and Mitch. Big old couple of hours coming up. Uh, We are talking all things cricket with Grant Elliott from India after this break. It will be fascinating to get his insights, particularly when it comes to that Michael Bracewell century. I know we lost, but we've got to cling to the silver linings, and that was one heck of a silver lining as far as I'm concerned. Very interested as well to see what Grant thinks of where that puts him in the frame for the World Cup later in the year. It's certainly not done his chances any harm. All that and much more coming up. Bracewell, 140 from 78. Yes, that was the tail end of the first one day between the Black Caps and India over in Hyderabad. The Black Caps falling just short, although it could have been a heck of a lot worse at one stage, 131-odd for six before Michael Bracewell uh, teed off. Here to talk us through it for our Macca's feature interview, thanks to Mick Delivery, is Grant Elliott. Grant, thank you so much for calling in all the way from over there. (laughs) <laughs> That's no problem, Kim, and nice to hear that Mitch is with you as well, who's had a lot of experience in this region. Oh, experience, yep. I could tell you what to eat and what to stay away <laughs> from, Grant, um, but I'm sure you've been indulging, mate. Um, yeah, good to hear you lined up against uh, with uh, Danny Morrison, mate. Kim's um, second fan club that she's created, Danny Morrison Honestly. Commentary <laughs> Fan Club and KJ Fan Club. What? Mitch is just making fan clubs out of nowhere for me at the moment, but he knows full well that he's my number one as far as cricketing fan clubs go. The creator of the Mitchell McLennigan uh, fan club on Facebook. Apparently so. <laughs> so. You're a member, well, Grant, well, actually, I, reckon, I think. Yeah, I, re- I reckon um, 
that the Danny Morrison fan club will have heaps of followers. Danny's so popular here. Like you think that you can travel quite stealthily um, as a commentator, but everyone knows who Danny Morrison is and they always want their one pick with Danny. How's it going with Danny? Are you, are you really enjoying it? Because I know you're getting into the commentary. You would have, wouldn't have would have probably commentated with Danny before. Has that uh, been a good good journey so far? Yeah, I'm loving it. I, I really love the energy that Danny brings. So I think, you know, he, everyone's different. Everyone brings a different sort of style to the, the commentary box, I guess. And, I mean, you know, these guys are so experienced as well um, as as broadcasters, not just, you know, cricket experts. So, um, I just love the the energy that Danny brings, and uh, he invited me over to dinner. He knew someone in this region in Raipur where we were, so we went to dinner. And you speak about the food, Mitch, is quite funny. Um, they were serving everything that you told, like you probably shouldn't eat in India. <laughs> and because I want to be polite, I was like, "Yeah, sure, no, I'll have that." <laughs> they were like, "Ah." Oh, how about this? You know, this is like an anchovy salad sort of thing. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. Loaded on the plate. Loaded on the, loaded on the plate. I can't wait. Oh, geez, I couldn't think of anything I, worse than an anchovy salad in India. Uh, yeah, but I woke up. I woke up fine this morning. Um, and, yeah, we had a good night. It was um, some good laughs, good stories. <laughs> oh, glad to hear it, Grant. On the uh, on the cricketing front, with the uh, greatest respect to your tales from the anchovy salad restaurant in India, uh, what did you make of the Black Caps' performance overall in that first one day? Yeah, I don't think it was a polished performance. I think there was a lot of um, sort of holes and, and cracks in in the game, and I think you know that that was covered up by. Michael Bracewell, who was mm. unbelievable, and and Mitch Satner, you can't take anything away from Mitch mm. Satner and the role he played. He played that, that role excellently. He just sort of gave uh, Beast the strike, and Beast just hit it out the park. He was brutal in the way that he, um, you know, took them apart. But I think it was, you know, the fielding was down a little bit uh, from Black Caps' perspective, and I think we're missing a lot of experience in the bowling department. And when you look at their bowlers and how experienced they are um, in comparison to where we're at at the moment, uh, Henry Shipley was obviously a little bit nervous, couldn't quite find the lengths. And it was interesting. We bowled like a fourth and fifth stump line, um, which is outside the off stump, uh, almost getting trying to nick the batters off, whereas they bowled really straight. Um, and they were a lot more precise in, in the way that they sort of executed their bowling plans. So I wouldn't say it was polished, but I think that we did well to recover and and almost win the game. Like it would have been one of the all time greatest victories if we we had one because as you mentioned, Kim, you know, at uh, 131 for six, there were people leaving the stadium, and even though there were people leaving the stadium, and you know, it's unlikely. I remember turning to Ravi and I said, Ravi. You probably win one out of ten of these, maybe, from this position. And he was like, "Yeah, probably one out of ten. And then it just started happening. They never let the the run rate get above eleven point two, I think, which was amazing. With you know twenty five overs to go, it was at at ten, so uh, it was unbelievable. And that that'll give them a lot of confidence. But I think that we need to execute a lot better than we did in the first one. Yeah, we'll talk. I'm sure we're going to talk about Michael Bracewell again. But just while you were talking about the bowling experience and and the the plans might not have been exactly what you were after on that wicket, Craig McMillan spoke to our morning show this morning and he said that there's enough depth within New Zealand, within New Zealand side that perhaps Trent Bolt won't be needed at the next World Cup. Um, Grant, he's talking shit, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, I think that when you mentioned Trent Bolt, the problem is, and you'll know this, Mitch, is a left armer. Like, it's also the left arm factor. Mm. You know, like, it's something different. We know that players like Rohit Sharma, if you can bowl left arm and swing it back at him, you've got a great chance of getting him out. And he's one of the best in the game. So, you know, you can't replace Trent Bolt. Everyone says, oh, we can replace Bolty. Like, you can't replace him. It's got to be something different. And I think... The, the worrying thing is that this is this was the first game without a Saudi or a Bolt in the team for uh, mm. since December 2010, I think it was. So, you know, they've been, you know, more than a decade. One of them has been playing, getting wickets up front. And if you can get those wickets up front, you can stifle the flow of runs through the middle. So um, yeah. I don't think we can replace Bolt if he's available. I you know, I would like to see a little bit more innovation from New Zealand cricket because of, um, you know, the the circuit, the, um, the the journeyman sort of game and T20s. I reckon, why can't we put these players on a small retainer and say they're still mm. contracted to New Zealand cricket? You watch their fitness um, and there's certain KPIs that they have to fulfill. So maybe they look at the, the year ahead and they go, well, you should be available for these um, series. And if you are, well, then we'll pay you the small retainer because we want you to play for New Zealand. So why can't we be creative with, um, with, with the contracting system? It seems like it's either, you know, either you're in or you're out. And at the moment, I think, you know, Trent Bolt, even though he might be available, he's probably on the outer. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you think with people like Craig McMillan, who's who's based down in Canterbury, knows what kind of conversations may be being have, had behind the scenes, do you think this is the start of the the I guess the messaging out into the public saying that we might not have him at the next World Cup yeah I, I think it is I mean let's look at AB de Villiers AB de Villiers was in a similar situation wasn't he and then he would come back and then before the World Cup everyone would go I wonder if AB is going to be available or not and he's like I'm available and then they go we're not picking you so mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that as an organization, you have to draw a line in the sand. But why do we have to draw that line in the sand? Why can't we sort of try and work out a way that players can do both potentially? And I, yeah, I, I don't know what those conversations have been like, but it, it doesn't seem that we're going to miss Balti in the, the test series against England mm. from the sounds of things, uh, which is really sad because, you know, we've got Brendan McCullum bringing a strong and confident England team here for the summer, and we're going to be without Trent Bolt. Um, yes, Kyle Jamieson. I think did did he come back from injury Just yesterday? Today. Maybe he's today playing today. Yeah, today. First game, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's great to see him back. You know, like when you say replace Bolt, well, you you can't replace him, but what we can do is find a player that provides something different. You know, there's Jamieson, mm. who's you know seven foot tall, gives you bounce, swings it both ways. Um, you know, that that's a pretty formidable figure that can come back into the team. So. Um, we we all miss Bolt, obviously, but it's like Kane Williamson. You can't replace Kane Williamson. It's like how can we do it differently? How can we find different combinations in our team to get um, the result that we want? Hmm. So when you're talking, you know, the possibility or even potentially the likelihood of Trent Bolt not being there, and let's be honest, everything at the moment that we talk about is looking right at that World Cup, India. October, I think there's something like 14 one-dayers that the Black Caps are playing between now and then, including the series that they're currently in. From what you're seeing, Grant, do we have the personnel? Are we well enough equipped for this one-day World Cup? 
I think that when we look at our team, I think, you know, Trent Bolt, we, we, we talk about him. And before I go into the balance of our team, I think that the issue that you've got is that if you select Trent Bolt, you set a precedent. And I think that that's what New Zealand cricket will be scared of. But if you can contract him and say, hey, guys, let's be transparent about this. Trent is going, he's, he deserves to go on a, a little sabbatical and go play a few T20 leagues around the world, but he's going to be available for the World Cup because we're paying him to stay fit and mm. we want him to play in this series and that series, then I think that that's transparent. But if you've got someone who goes, I don't want to be contracted this year, but I'm happy to play in the odd World Cup here and there, I think that that's quite a tough precedent to set in terms mm. of the team ethics and team environment. So that that's that, that would be my stance on, on that. And I just think New Zealand cricket needs to work with the players probably. Um, in a, a more innovative and creative way with the, the contracts. But when you talk about the team and you say, oh, are we ready? Um, I think at the top, like Finn Allen's exciting. He's amazing. Um, but he's still, you know, he's still finding his way in international cricket. So I think we've got um, a few few holes in the team. Um, that one is not a hole, but it's kind of like, hopefully he gets a lot of experience in the next 14 one days before mm-hmm. the World Cup. And then you've got, Devin Conway's definitely in, Kane Williamson's definitely in, Mitchell's in, Latham's in. So there's your top five. Um, Glenn Phillips, he's definitely in the squad, and Michael Bracewell. Mm. So there's, there's seven players already. Satner picks himself, Lockie Ferguson picks himself, um, and uh, um, you know, you've got Salvi as well. So I think that you know, our squad pretty much picks itself. Um, and I think one of the, the best things about our team at the moment is that we've got a off-spinning all-rounder in Michael Bracewell. So he's done well with the bat now. He's done well with the ball. So we've got someone who we can throw the ball to. So when there were two left-handers out there the other day, they threw the ball to Washington Sunda, um, who hadn't bowled an over yet, but two left-handers came in, Washington mm. Sunda. So we can do the same. And you need to have two really good spin options. My question is, is how can we fit Sodi in the team? Sodi takes wickets, man. He takes wickets. He's like having a strike bowler like a Lockie Ferguson. He go, Lockie, get us a wicket. We need a wicket now. Um, and I think every good team has a formidable opening partnership, um, a, a leg spinner, and uh, someone who bowls 150 k's an hour. And if you've got that finisher um, as well, that all rounder, which we've got, you know, we've got Michael Brace. Well, can we fit Glenn Phillips into that lineup as a finisher as well after what he did against Pakistan? Um, so I think we're in as good a shape as we can be to answer your question. And I think that our squad is looking, looking solid and it's about playing those, um, players that you think are going to be in your starting lineup as much as possible leading up to the world cup now. Well, Grant, um, our text machine agrees with you. Uh, the Tampa Bay Post text machine. Uh, Matt texts her and said, Grant Allett showing more common sense uh, recontracts in, thir- in, his, in 30s than David White in 30 years. Oh, sorry. Sorry, I'll, I'll repeat that. <laughs> I'll stuff that up. He said, Grant Elliott showing more common sense recontract in 30 seconds than David White has in the last 12 years. So there you go, mate. Maybe you are the new CEO. Get back into that administration role, mate. <laughs> I don't know about that, Mitchie. Um, I, I don't know about sports administration at this stage. Uh, it, uh, it crossed my mind a few years ago, but I think it's 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 quite frustrating, I, I find. I, I look at cricket as a game and I look at the, the grassroots side of things and I wonder if, you know, the game is growing. And I, I doubt it. I, I actually, I sort of see the game in New Zealand withering away a bit and I just think we need more 
resource. We need more help. We need these kids to be excited about playing cricket. And mm. I was at Riverbend tournament with my kid uh, recently, uh, Zion. Who, they were playing in the rain. It was. <laughs> I was out there with Hamish Marshall. We had a squeegee and we were squeegeeing the pitch and mm. we're playing this game. The kids are so hungry for it, but we've got to we've got to really look after that and harness it. And I don't know. I think we've got a very much a top down approach, but how can we have a little bit more balanced approach, like a, a bottom up? because we need to grow this game in New Zealand because people like Trent Bolt might not be there for, for very long. We, you know, we have to get them closer to our heroes, get them to love the game, pack the stadiums out. I mean, I was in Hyderabad the other day and Hyderabad was a packed stadium um, for one day cricket where they say one day cricket's dying. Look at Australia, 10,000 at the, the MCG for England versus Australia in a one day so, you know, we really have to look after this game and where it's going and, and try and be innovative in the way that we, we spread the word of this game. Gran, I tell you what, when you're uh, the boss of New Zealand cricket, you can take Mitch and I out on the company credit card and we'll help you <laughs> solve all of the game's issues. I really, really appreciate your time. That was a great time. first interview, Grant. Well done. That's the first, <laughs> first step to CEO. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, not yet. Not yet. I've got another 10 years in me. I'd love to hear Danny Morrison's stories on the circuit for a little while longer. <laughs> Good call. Go and enjoy an anchovy salad for us, mate. Thank you so much. Grant Elliott there from India. Our Macca's feature interview thanks to McDelivery. Staying in to watch the sport, let us cook. Get your Macca's favourites delivered with McDelivery. Five twenty-five PM here on the run home on ECNZ. If you just missed that catch up with Grant Elliott, uh, fantastic chat. He had some really, really good ideas uh, around contracting, around administration, around, of course, the Black Caps team that he imagines will be going to the World Cup. Would recommend you check that out on our podcast. That is available if you did miss it. It was a fantastic uh, chance to yarn to him and and hear from him on some of those massive issues that do face the game and particularly in New Zealand at the moment. It is time now though to start talking some racing because our main man Louis Herman Watt is on the line. Thank you so much Louis. Uh, anything on this weekend? Anything? What's going on? Well Kim, I'm trying to get a $1.75 pop beat at Canberra on track <laughs> <laughs> not joking I'm, I've had a go at the one at 21s and 330, I think. Mm. So if you could just put track two on in the, in the studio there, because I'm on the phone to you, so I can't watch it. Um, so I'm trying to get the one up. I'm trying to get the $1.75 pop beat. Um, currently, that's what I'm doing. Is that what you're after? Or yeah, what, no, what, no, what that was after? it. Uh, and that's Louis Herman Watt. Thanks so much for joining us. Moving on. <laughs> no, I also um, actually have a note here that you're live from Hotel Ponsonby. Is that accurate? Yeah, this cross is sponsored by Hotel Ponsonby, and I'm not joking, by the way. Uh, I am trying to get this dollar seventy-five pop beat at Canberra, and you guys are going to have to let me know how that goes. I'm on the one. Obviously, we're talking crack a million. Obviously, um, but is that is that obvious? I don't know. I feel like maybe maybe people are just wondering if they're hearing me for the third time today for the fun of it. <laughs> what are you just on in the Canberra race? Sorry, Louis, you're on the number one. I'm on the one. What is it like? Twenty-one's in the free. What are you saying? Missed the start by ten. Did it actually? Got the no. rail though. <laughs> no, no, no. Sitting, sitting one. Sitting in one. 
So you're okay all at right, the moment. Mate. Okay, cool. Crack a millions. Let's crack on. Uh, yeah, this weekend. I'm, ho- I'm hoping this one here gets up at paying $21, and that's my ammunition for the weekend. No, seriously, guys, it is, it's like, um, how do I explain it? It's like what the first All Blacks test of the year feels like when you didn't know that your All Blacks team sucked and <laughs> Ireland was going to beat us in a series. Um, if, if, if that was a World Cup year and you just had everything to play for and you just had all of that zest inside of you, there's, there's no real words to explain how good Karakamillion Eve feels because the racing is so good tomorrow night. For trainers, for jockeys, for owners, the planning here to get horses here, they have, obviously they have to buy the horses at Karaka at the New Zealand Bloodstock sales. So it's like a long-term project. There's interest from the punters. There's interest from the public. It's hot racing, it's twilight racing, there's only six races, there's plenty of beers, sorry, beef, there's plenty of grins, and it's just, like, good fun all round. Um, and, like, on the eve of it, it's kind of hard to explain how much you're percolating, you know? Well, I'll tell you what, mate, you're going to have to fill your kitty another way because number one did not run on. Actually almost came last. Apologies for that. Uh, but, yeah, it is super exciting, mate. You're full of kitty another way. Um, Opie Bottoms, Bossom has made his choice for the race as well. He has, and that's really kind of hard. That's really taking the. Should we take the? I, I thought I'd just I'd, I'd monologue long enough there that at least the race would be over, and you'd be able to tell you'd be able to rip the bandaid off, bitch. Um, not the result, anyway. We are resilient punters. We are very resilient, so we will forge on. Yeah, Opie's taken Trubriand. Um, hand kind of forced by the draw. And what I would say, and what I said to Smithy earlier, is like if you love Tokyo Tycoon, right? If you were all about Tokyo Tycoon, well, all you're getting is a better price. Sure, Opie's not on your mount, and sure, he has chosen another horse. But you've got Craig Zaki. He's a very, very, very talented rider. And the reality is, and this is an actual fact, the race has been won a number of times. I think it is three from barrier 14. I think Tokyo Tycoon comes into 13 with the emergencies out. Uh, which is likely to happen, you're not necessarily out of the race and you're just getting a better price. So, yeah, Opie's on for Brienne, but Tokyo Tycoon is a, a proper chance and one that I think you can back with confidence if you like it. I mean, it's all just personal preference, right? Like, I'm not here to talk anyone out of anything. If you want to back Zappa, go for it. If you want to back Ethereal Star, back Ethereal Star. Personally, personally, I'm going to be backing um, a horse at Long Old called She Turns Kits at $26 because I'm sick for it and I love to find some value but that's just me and you don't have to take my illness into account when you are betting personally. Look Louis given what we've just witnessed unfold in Canberra I'm not sure I'm going to give you much credit there at all frankly. <laughs> Louis Herman what joining us there live from Hotel Ponsonby very much appreciate your time and your insight and hey mate enjoy the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I feel like getting sledged as a the old the old the old sledge then wrap the interview up as a, a real classic. Yeah, uh, I'll just cop it. I'll wear that on the chin. You're a champion, and guys, go well for the rest of your drive show. Uh, if anyone wants to come down and talk racing, yeah, uh, sponsored by Hotel Ponsonby. It's actually not been sponsored by Hotel Ponsonby. Oh, they should be sake. good. Clients. Maybe we'll get the sales team to that one. Louis, you're keeping Johnny Mac waiting. Get off the line. See ya. <laughs> Appreciate your time, mate. Here's Johnny Mac with the news. 
for Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. It's time for Razine's most colourful sporting moment of the week. Rizzi's down one. Moran attacks. Haynes. Bank. No. Tip by Adams is in with 16.6 and the Grizzlies have the lead. No timeout for Cleveland. Yeah, the Grizzlies want to play tough defense. Know what you want to do on the screen and roll. Grizzlies do have a foul to give. Allen comes to set the screen. Garland. Karis LeVert. Three seconds. Garland. Two seconds. A three. It's blocked by Brooks. Hammer. Nail. Buffin. This baby is over. Yes, indeed, that baby is over. And thanks to one Stephen Adams, Memphis came out on top. Stevie there with the game winner in their 115-114 win over Cleveland. That was just yesterday and a fair enough Resin Colourful Sporting Moment of the Week. It's easy to forget, actually, given, I guess, the intensity of the NBA schedule and how long Stevie's been in the game now and in that league now. Stevie. But he is Stevie. Who calls him Stevie? Yeah, I call him Stevie now. <laughs> I think I was meaning Stephen. It just slipped out. What okay. are you going to do? Yep. What are you going to do, Mitchie? Uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds in that one. Another double-double. He's had a few of mm. late. His rebounding has actually been off the charts, and I think it's incredibly fitting that he got that game winner on a putback. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, yeah, he's having a standout season. Memphis is sitting, oh, Mania, correct me if I'm wrong, second in the West at the moment, I believe. You did right. Oh, okay. Occasionally I'm right. It happens. It happens, really, but it does happen. Uh, And no, sensational to see him get that. I think his his coach, Tyler Jenkins, was saying afterwards he thinks it might be his first game winner. He was pretty pumped. It was cool as well to see how his teammates got around him afterwards. They love him, eh? They bloody love him. And I'll tell you what, just on uh, breaking news, um, everyone's favourite Aussie, Ben Simmons, just been ejected. Oh, no! Just been ejected for the Brooklyn Nets against the Suns. So, yeah, they're a long way from home there, the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Phoenix are up 74 to 57 with eight minutes left in the third. Uh, now, I know Manaya's got a multi on this game and it does yeah. not involve a scoreline of this sort. We were actually looking at it before the show and going, oh, the Suns don't have Devin Booker, they don't have Chris Paul. Surely Brooklyn's got this in the bag. Uh, Manaya, your feelings? I need uh, Kyrie Irving to score 25 points, which if Brooklyn are going to win this game, that needs to happen anyway. So it's OK. I only put half of the mortgage on it today, so it's fine. <laughs> Your missus is going to be so incredibly pleased. At least I haven't said it on a nationally broadcast radio station where she can hear it. <laughs> <laughs> sweet, sweet relief. Hey, it's interesting as well when we're talking NBA because I think a few people might have got a bit stirred up uh, earlier in the afternoon, Mitch, on Watto's show when there was perhaps a suggestion that the current generation of NBA players probably the best ever. Better, yeah, yeah. better than the better than the nineties. Yep, better Apparently than the eighties. Yep, I, you know, I'll tell you what, um, Kieran Bingham, who produces a show with uh, Matt Watson this afternoon, he's gone home. So if you want to continue spraying him on the text machine or give us a call, <laughs> you can absolutely do that. So we're happy. We're happy for you guys to, to get about and, and keep spraying him. We might make a little booklet for him for tomorrow. That feels cruel. Sounds fun. Does it <laughs> Sounds does fun. not feel cruel? It's entirely, you know, it is a subject for good debate, though, because I think there is an argument for saying that while players in the 80s and 90s might have been more physical and certainly allowed to get away with more, there might be a certain level of athlete, I don't want to say athlete superiority, but skill with the current group. Just putting it out there. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess I guess Karen's thing was that there was no franchise players at every team 
back when Jordan was playing. So, mm. you know, the competition maybe wasn't as strong. We are doing Mitch's Millions today as well, Kim. Um, so we have had a couple come through. Mitch's Millions, race five, Pukeko tomorrow, number four, Rose and Power, top four, $2.50. Uh, really interesting off the back of Louis' conversation. If you want to go top four with She Turns Heads, Louis $26 chance. That's paying $3.80 if you just want it to run top four. And Black Caps, we've got Mark and sent another one through saying uh, 20 plus runs and two catches for Glenn Phillips is paying $10. Really like that one. Uh, I'll quickly, just quickly touch, touch on this one from Brett. He said, uh, Miami Dolphins, Pat Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence to combine for 550 plus yards and throw for five touchdowns between them is paying $3.10. Now that's a really nice power play. You'd be thinking that uh, with Trevor Lawrence there that um, you know may not be able to put the pressure on or get those numbers up, but this is a really interesting stat, and Trevor Lawrence's history of playing um, playing NFL or playing football: forty-one games, forty-one and O playing on Saturday. He's never lost on Saturday, so he's a Saturday player. Never lost, never lost ever in a career of playing football. There you go. I love the absolute excitement that you got out of finding out that stat. And hey, we're stats people here. Absolutely love it. And just back on Stephen Adams. That was from Razine, New Zealand's most trusted paint brand for the past 11 years. The run home on SENZ, Kim Downs and Mitch McLennigan with you this afternoon. And we are talking all things cricket. A big announcement out this morning. The White Ferns squad to contest the T20 World Cup in South Africa next month. Here to talk about it is White Ferns coach Ben Sawyer. Ben, thank you so very much for your time. It's always an exciting day, isn't it? Team announcements. Uh, yeah, it's been pretty busy all day, but um, yeah, it's good to get the team out there and um, yeah, just get on the way to South Africa. So yeah, really looking forward to it. You've got a couple of people who have injured at the moment. Franz is injured and um, Brooke Halloway's Halliday's just coming back from injury there, Ben. Um, how are they travelling? They're looking all in good stead to, to get on that plane over there, so? Yeah, Brooke um, had a sort of you know, busted finger during the Bangladesh series, but is um, yeah, 100% good to go. And look, with Fran, it was um, we always wanted her to go on that under-19s tour, but uh, we did say if there was any sort of little niggle that, that the senior tour would, would take precedence. And um, she just got a little calf strain. And, you know, I'm sure if there wasn't a senior World Cup, she probably would have played through it. But, um, yeah, probably just more precaution more than anything. On that under-19s tour, Georgia Plimmer also there uh, at the moment, going very well indeed. That must be very pleasing for you to see. Yeah, yeah. Obviously the the results, but you know, like I said, it was just um, it was just a real desire of ours to to let those two girls in particular go and play with their peers. And you hear so many you know cricketers talk about when they were in their under-19 squads and the friendships they made and mm. you know the experiences they had. So we thought that that was really important. And then for Georgia. You know, to also get experience on those wickets, that's, that's an added bonus for us. But, um, yeah, she, she was really good last night in particular. So, um, yeah, they're, they're flying at the moment. And how, how is the preparation going leading into the World Cup, mate? I know you've got a, you've got a very well-rounded squad. Um, it's shaping up to kind of potentially be a, be a big ding-dong battle between Australia and, and New Zealand, hopefully, in the final, mate. Um, how, how's everyone looking uh, going into the tournament so far? Yeah, look, if we got to that stage, that'd be pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, look, everyone's you know playing really well in the Super Smash and and for their associations and uh, really keen to to get back together as a group on Monday. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, we just we've got options you know, all over the park for things that are going to get thrown at us. So um, as a team, I think we're playing really really well. But, yeah, there might be teams out there with 
more individual talent, and, and we understand that. But as a side and the roles that we're playing, I think we're doing that really well, um, you know, particularly over the last few months. So hopefully we can keep doing that. Yeah, Ben, when you took over the role um, and at the Com Games, you spoke about New Zealand's got a lot of untapped talent in, in the women's side of the game. And I, I'd just love to know, like you said, that people are coming through. Who's really caught your eye? Who's who's really improved the most in the last six months? Oh, mate, people like the standout for me, someone like Fran Jonas, the, and, I, and I might have said it, the Commonwealth Games, you know, to, to have a young girl who hadn't played and then tell her to bowl the first over in the Com Games with 12,000 people in the stands against Alyssa Healy and, and for her to do that and then continue to do that in every series has, has been outstanding. And, you know, someone like Molly Penfold, who's, you know, one of the quickest going around and is only getting better. And, you know, Hannah Rowe has, has bowled two spells now, one against Bangladesh and one actually against Lauren Down the other day in the Super Smash, but that are just world-class spells and, you know, great examples of outswing bowling. So, um, yeah, there's definitely enough here to, to really challenge the best teams in the world. And Ben, I think one of the, the big headlines uh, that has come out of this as well is the recall as such for Bernadine uh, Bazurdenhout. Now, for those who don't know, she's been out of the game, uh, out of the international game for a couple of years, uh, suffering from what's called REDES. It stands for Relative Energy Deficiency uh, in Sport. It's a pretty significant issue for uh, female athletes particularly what was it uh, about her that made you think that she was uh, up for this one, that wanted her back in the group? And and how, I guess, does it speak to her character that she's been through what she has and has been able to come back onto the stage? Yeah, look, first and foremost, you know, just congratulate her for, for coming back, like you said, from those two years out from um, such a significant sort of health issue. But... Um, Look, we speak a lot about roles and, and I know it sounds really simple and, and, and jobs that we have in the team. And, you know, we've spoken a lot about the fact that we think 160 is a, is a really good target for us in a T20 game and, and how we're going to go about scoring that. And, and Bernadine, you know, fits in with that game plan. She attacks really hard up front and add to that that, that she keeps. And, you know, we're probably looking at that keeper being looked at as a batter first and foremost. And, mm. And Bernadine fits that bill. So, you know, really it was it was about the blueprint that we got for the side, and and then looking for players to fill that. And, and Bernadine stood out in the in the super smash as a, as a keeper that can do that for us. So, um, yeah, just really excited to have someone new in the group, and that, that's always great. It's, it's refreshed the group a little bit. So, um, yeah, looking forward to having her involved. Talk about someone new in the group. Um, I'd like to talk about people who've been in the group for a long time, people like Sophie Devine. Uh, she's, she's spoken at length, actually, about how 2010 really had them have some mental baggage against Australia. And, and having someone like yourself come into the group has really given them the confidence to, to achieve potentially against Australia in, in a World Cup final. What, what has your role been to try and get them into a better headspace leading into a big tournament like this? Yeah, look, honestly, again, I, I probably say the same thing over and over, but it is about small roles in a team. And, and you you know, if there's 11 people that can each play that, then I think all those small pieces come together. So, you know, if we have to look at an Australian team in particular and, you know, you've got someone like Jess Jonathan who's scored a test 100 coming in at number 10, that's, you know, it's pretty overwhelming at times. But if, if you know that in our team we need you to, you know, maybe face 15 balls and, and try to get 20 off that, that's a that's a pretty small target 
But if we get five or six batters that can do that, we suddenly post 160. And you know, on the flip side of that with the ball, if if you can bowl in partnerships with, with your mate up the other end, then you know, you're going to do well for the side. So I guess really just breaking it down into small parts and you know, if everyone puts those together, then you realise that the big picture isn't so difficult. So, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're not going to achieve it every single game, but, you know, I just think it's an, an easier way of looking at it. Ben, um, when, when Mornay Morka was announced as, as a bowling coach or, or someone who's going to come over and help the squad, um, it's quite funny. You watch Facebooks, you watch comments, you see a lot of love, a lot of club cricketers or club coaches come out of the woodwork and say it's jobs for the boys, all that kind of stuff. But I'd love to know, like, why, why do you guys go for a past player as opposed to someone who's come through the pathway coaches, particularly when it comes to pinnacle events? And what is Mornay going to bring to the side? Yeah, mate, it's, you know, again, I can tell you exactly how it happened. I was driving home from the West Indies, driving my two little boys to to cricket practice, and um, I heard Mornay interviewed on the radio saying that he was involved in the Men's World Cup with the Namibian team. Mm. Uh, he spoke about, you know, getting involved in coaching and um, the fact he was going to be in the, um, with the IPL team. And, you know, I rang a few people that I knew and just got his number and had a chat with him. And, and you know, someone that's got 300 test wickets, most of those in South African conditions, mm. um, you know, and he was chomping at the bit when I spoke to him about joining the side. So I've never met Mornay. I know nothing about him, but, you know, to be able to, to hear the passion that he had for coaching and that he was coaching, you know, like I said, the Namibian team in the World Cup and looking for opportunities then, you know, I thought it was too good to pass up. And, you know, I do a lot of the bowling coaching in this side, but, you know, I'm stoked to have him involved because I just think the knowledge that he's going to be able to teach the girls that I can't, in terms of international experience, um, is just something that, that's going to be invaluable for this side. So, um, yeah, it was an opportunity that presented itself literally driving home, listening on a radio program. So, um, yeah, I just think it was too good a chance to pass up and uh, took the opportunity to speak to him and, and glad to have him on board. Oh, look, I'd love to hear that that interview was uh, right here on SCNZ. Don't say if it was another yeah, station, sorry. Ben. Don't say. It was in, it was in Australia, so, I, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't here. Yeah. So, it was ECN then, mate. Okay, <laughs> the brother, we'll go with that. Yeah. The brother coming <laughs> No, hey, look, thank we'll you so much. Uh, thank you so much for your time. All the very best for that World Cup next month. Obviously, we will be watching with a great deal of interest. Um, fingers crossed everyone goes well. So good luck. No, really, thanks for the support. Um, yeah, really enjoy it. So thank you very much. Always great to chat to Ben, I think. He's always uh, pretty pretty upfront about what he's thinking and why he's doing things. And how good is that absolute yarn about Mornay? We'll be back right after this. Kia ora and welcome to The Run Home on SENZ. It is 6.04pm. You are with Kim Downs and Mitch McLennigan this evening. Thanks to McDelivery and Rotoflex by Blundstone. Stability meets the freedom to move. Hope your Friday is going brilliantly wherever you are. Another reminder that we are running Mitch's Million slash Beaver's Best Today, we'll be giving the winner of that a call on the Makita NZ phone line in about, oh, call it half an hour or so. So if you've got any options for us, do let us know sooner rather than later. Text us in on the Temper Text Machine, double eight double three. Thanks to Temper and Bedpost, like no 
other. Right, on our Macca's menu for the rest of the show, thanks to Mick Delivery. Very excited, very shortly we're going to be talking to Donovan Grobelar, the under-19s assistant coach, currently, of course, in their World Cup at the moment. You've already heard from Ben Sawyer earlier in the show. If you haven't, check it out on the podcast. A couple of uh, crossovers there, shall we say. Greg O'Connor as well from Harness Racing New Zealand is joining us shortly as well. And as I mentioned, it is Mitch's Millions later on. That is thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Right, time now to talk to some cricket. Let's head to the Under-19s World Cup where the New Zealand women are in action at the moment. And assistant coach Donovan Grobelar is with us now in the very early hours of the morning, I believe, as well, Donovan. So very much appreciate your time. I uh, I hope Mitch didn't hound you too much to get you on the line. No, no, no worries at all. Um, I'm an early riser, so it works for me. Jeez, Donny, you've been in New Zealand a while now. About the, the week that you've been in South Africa, that accent has got thicker. <laughs> Mate, don't remind me. I keep asking the South Africans over here if I sound like a Kiwi, and they um, they say, yep, you sound like a Kiwi, but then Taron keeps reminding me, no, actually, it's getting worse. I'm sounding more South African by the day, so... <laughs> Not good. You are, mate. You are. And I, I guess, uh, how good's this tournament been for you guys so far? Three three games, and you haven't had to chase anything over 80, mate. You've had games against Indonesia where you chased down 74 runs, none down. Anna Browning, 38, and Tufa. Um, and then the other games, same. Ireland, West Indies, uh, chasing down 74 and 78, respectively. Yeah, man. It's been a, it's been a great start for us as a team. Um, yeah. Our team, yeah, girls are, are gelling really nicely. Um, the results are obviously going our way. Um, yeah, but it's it's been a good tournament. I, I must say the ICC has done a great job in putting it together. So, yeah, we're just very lucky to be here and, and participating in this first first one for the girls, you know. We had uh, Ben Sawyer, the White Ferns coach, on a little earlier and he was saying, you know, they're quite happy to have a couple of the White Ferns players who are also part of your group, Fran Jonas, who unfortunately is, is now out with that slight injury, uh, and Georgia Plimmer as well, uh, and saying that part of it is that they all talk about, you know, the kind of the camaraderie and the culture and the enjoyment that they have experienced, the older girls, out of out of tournaments like this and at that level and, and that age group and that team. How are you finding that sort of thing? I think having GP and Izzy Gaze and even Franos, uh, even though she's not playing anymore, um, having them a part of our group is quite unique and quite special because in a way there's under-19 girls that actually look up to these <laughs> under-19 girls um, <laughs> just because they've played for the White Ferns and, and because of their experiences. But um, for us to see them at their own age group um, actually dominating is, is pretty cool. Um and hopefully that'll just, you know, aid to their um, development and actually give them a massive boost in their own cricket game. So, yeah, it's good to have them around. Um, they bring a, a lot of energy, which is cool. So, but it's, it's a shame that we lost friend, but um, such is life. So we've just got to move on. Mm. Yeah, moving on. You have Rwanda um, tomorrow, I, I believe. Uh, they just had their first win against Zimbabwe. Is that what this tournament's all about, mate? Watching watching teams who, who don't play a, a lot of international cricket come up against teams like Zimbabwe and tip them over at a World Cup. Mate, it's been um, it's been fantastic. You know, seeing 
teams. I didn't know, even know that Indonesia had a cricket team um, before we came here. But, um, you know, seeing them participate on the world stage and, and the likes of Rwanda, it's, it's bloody amazing for women's sports. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's good to see. In that game as well tomorrow that you're going to play, um, obviously no no one below your top three is battered. I see you put Georgia Plummer up the top of the order yesterday, give her a bit more of a run, or the other last game to give her a bit more of a run. Uh, are you guys going to have to put your middle orders, middle order players up the top of the order before you come to the real crunch uh, qualifying stage? That's been something we've discussed um, yesterday after the game. Um, we've we've well aware that our top order or some of our top order hasn't even seen a ball um, in the game so um, it is something that we've talked about but we're also conscious of making if we make too many changes how it would affect the dynamics of the team so um, but we are back in the nets again today just with our top order batters that haven't had a go yet so um, just to make sure that they are as prepared as as they can be before yeah, if if required or called upon. So, um, but it's something that we'll talk about, and I don't know what Mecca will will come to. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. And how do they tend to handle that, Donovan? The the batters who are there to bat and haven't had a a crack at it yet. Do they get a little bit restless? I think it it's weird, and in, in tournament play, and Mitchie, you would know, is you can go through a whole tournament not participating as much as you would have wanted to do um and and that's part and parcel of world cup cricket i i guess but um you know we talk to them constantly making sure and reassuring them that you know they they are well prepared and they just have to be patient and by their time um because their time will come when we're gonna we're gonna call upon them and the team will need them to perform so um yes they are frustrated um but they are actually handling it very well. And I, I guess, because it's interesting as well, I think, from the perspective of this is obviously, you know, it's about development and it's it's development, I guess, then in terms of not just skills on the pitch, but in terms of their mental development as well, when I assume a lot of them are wanting to go and forge out more of a career in cricket. Yep, yep, it's personal development as you can call it um it's not just about cricket um you know the girls are learning life skills uh, while on tour um, especially if you think of these are 19 year old or some of them even younger uh, away from home in a different country you know the things they're experiencing is not what your average 19 year old will experience so um, it's definitely developing them as as human beings um while playing cricket or doing something they love, which is quite cool. Donny, um, you've got Rwanda and then you, you go to probably your toughest match before you get to the finals or kind of playoffs scenario. You play against Pakistan. You said you're taking the girls down to the nets today. Are you planning on making sure that they're knocking, not backing up? Uh, yes, it's a discussion point. Um, <laughs> we've had that discussion um, often. Um, us. It, there was a scenario yesterday in the game where one of the girls actually, um, yeah, tried it on. Another one? one? Of the West Indian girls. Yeah, well, mm. well, she didn't actually take the bales off, but um, she gave a warning, so which was nice. Um, but it's uh, we keep saying to the girls, it's a fair dismissal. So if you get out like this, um, you know, 
don't be angry. But um, what, yes, what is the stance from the girls? Are the girls, are the girls um, in terms of the New Zealand's policy towards it? Are the girls against it? Um, I think so. You know, I can't speak for all of them, but yeah, I don't think us as a team would do something like that. Um, but yeah, it's in the rules of crickets, uh, and yeah, we can't stop other teams from doing it. So it's um, yeah, it's all it's all fair play. Okay, away, away from the banter, mate, about man cads and and that, that game <laughs> coming up. I, I would love love for you to talk a bit more about Anna Browning. It's the first time I've seen her name um, from from my side looking at the scorecards. She opens the batting and opens the bowling. And seems to go at a good clip, mate. Um, yeah. I've, coached Anna now for a while. She was on my under-19s Auckland team um, a couple of years back. Um, she's, yeah, she's been on the circuit for a while now. Um, she's sort of figured out her game um, a little bit more. Um, and, yeah, you're right. She's she's hitting the ball as clean as I've seen anyone hit it. Um, she's a valuable bowler for us um, up the top. She's got a, quite a unique skill set. So, um, yeah, hopefully she can continue the way she is. Uh, she's running really hot at the moment. So, um, yeah, it's good to have her in our team. And the skill set she offers us um, is awesome. And, Donovan, when it comes to, I guess, a, a tournament like this, an age group like this, I, I'm picking that what success looks like is probably a bit different to the top top level so as far as this team is concerned what what does success look like for you what do you want to come out of this tournament with for us it's all about you know winning as a part of it but it's not the be all and end all for us um again we just go back to um you know working with 19 year old girls or, or younger girls or younger sportswomen and um you know for us it's about their development um as a cricketer, um, we want them to walk away from this tour actually knowing a little bit more about themselves as a cricketer, um, how their skill sets fit in a team or, or how they actually fit in a team. It's just that development for them so that they can go back to their major associations, actually understanding a little bit more of who they are mm. as a player um, rather than just um, focusing on winning. So, yeah. But... Um, that's pro- that's probably our main goal is yeah just to make sure that we keep developing these girls, um, yeah. I, I had a quick chat to Mark Watson who was just on before us uh, the show before and he said he's spoken to Pete McGlashan about what Sarah was doing and um, that she was really getting into the coaching and really enjoying it. Um, what have you seen from Sarah throughout your couple of tours working with her that is going to make her a good coach going forward? Mac is, um, yeah, she's been awesome um, to learn from. So she's, yeah, she's obviously got a wealth of experience in the women's game. Um, she's actually played in some men's leagues as well. So she understands she understands the game really well. And I think just having the female perspective, um, for us as males who have played the game, um, it's not quite the same. And I think the experience that Mac's bringing to the table in terms of uh, the female space is, is crucial and the way we prepare and we're pl- the way we plan, um, the things we talk about. So, um, but yeah, Mac's been awesome. She's super, um, 
organized <laughs> i can't say the same for myself and taron but um so which we rely on mecca to be heavily organized but she's been good she's been awesome to to learn from and when it comes to the group that are playing i mean you do have a uh a front row seat to the future of the women's game for New Zealand and the crop of players that you've got, you know, is there, can you see them developing potentially into our next Susie Bates, our next Sophie Devine, our next Amy Satterthwaite? Oh, 100%. Like the players that we've got um, in our team is, yeah, is super skillful. Uh, um, I think, yeah, being on the world stage now where everyone's going to see um, our talent, um, the, the rest of the world will probably also talk about it. But, you know, the likes of GP or Georgia Plummer, mm. um, unbelievable, unbelievably talented. So, and, and that goes for the rest of them as well. We've got some, some unbelievable talent coming through, and which is exciting, you know, for women's sport and for women's cricket in New Zealand. Um, yeah, it's yeah, a bright future. Yeah, and no doubt as well, uh, these young women are seeing pathways for them career-wise that they haven't seen, you know, in previous generations. Oh, yeah. It's, um, there's now more money involved and, there's, and you can make a living out of it, which is fantastic. You know, even with the um, the major association stuff back home, um, getting paid for the first time or match fees at least, you know, it's, it's a step in the right direction and hopefully yeah moving years ahead um you're right they can make a living out of it and actually um yeah enjoy playing sport for a living let's be honest you've started you've started down this route mate because you've got two sporty girls at home who uh who <laughs> won't be far away from from making these teams let's just let's be honest about what you're trying to set, set your daughters up aren't you <laughs> <laughs> um yes um i want to be a part of uh creating something that because and you're right because i've got a daughter that loves cricket and she's yeah coming through the ranks so hopefully by the time she gets there um things would be in place for her to actually be a sportswoman you know she writes in a diary every day about being a professional sportswoman so um yeah um hopefully i can sort of leave my mark in in the women's game in a way that's going to be better for them and then yeah hopefully when Mackenzie gets there, it'll be awesome to see her actually enjoy sport like I did. How old is Mackenzie? She's turning 13 this year. so She's going to be a jet. going to be a jet. I was going to say, I can't wait with my uh, sport reporter hat on. I can't wait to be interviewing her one day. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you will. I had to, actually had to corner Susie Bates the other day to give her a stern word and, and training and stuff So because she doesn't listen to me. She thinks I talk nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's what happens with dads hey i've just got one more for you actually uh donovan yeah, since we've got got the pleasure of your company uh my co-host mitch here has recently been dipping his toe into the coaching waters as well have you got any advice for him on how to take <laughs> on the challenges of coaching as he and you know just flirts a little bit with that side of things um mitch is way more experienced than me so um but yeah coaching is is a lot different than actually playing um mm. you know us as players always think oh what are these muppets up to um, at the top but <laughs> and it's, it's the other way around it's the other way around when you're the coach hey? <laughs> think, what are these muppets yeah. doing just listen to us <laughs> yeah. yeah but one of the um one of the cool things is and 
which I really enjoy is actually being in the back room. So for, when I was a player and, and the same we're playing with Mitchie, you know, you, you, the only thing you have to focus on is actually stepping on the park um, and performing, whereas there's so much going on in the back in the back room that, that you don't really realize. Um, so, yeah, I, I actually enjoy that that phase of of coaching um but yeah mitch he's more than experienced he's just gotta um maybe park up all the the wild theories as um mitch was known as the theory man so um so yeah it'll be i'm, I'm actually excited to when mitch told me he was going it's it's quite cool well i think he can um take some lessons from you there Donovan, because <laughs> from you know, from what I hear, he uh, he's only been coaching, like he says, a, a bunch of muppets, not listening to him. Yeah. So he needs he needs some lessons that. in authority. Did not say that. Did not say oh, that. mate, I've been waiting for my chance. Mitch has been stitching me up all show with all these sorts of <laughs> rumors and yeah. speculation and throwing me under the bus. So thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, to get one back. Just, just. Just call him the theoryman because that's um, that's what he's known as. <laughs> oh, brilliant! This is the greatest thing to come yeah. out of the show uh, so far, <laughs> Donovan. Hey, thank you so very much for your time. Good luck for the rest of the tournament. No Looking forward to seeing how you're going, and yeah, just have a great time with with a great team. Awesome! Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. 6.32pm here on the run home on SENZ. Sorry for the uh, pause there. I was just a little bit distracted looking at Sir Graham Henry uh, as the Black Clash is set to get underway. Lovely looking day down in Christchurch at Hagley Oval, I must say. Yeah, beautiful day. Have you been asked to be involved yet, He's looking sharp. He's looking sharp, isn't he? He is looking sharp. No, no, it's it's the real old boys, eh? It's the real old boys and Anton Devishic. That's the way I like to put it. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are you not classifying yourself as that because you're not at the old bracket yet? Oh, he talks and walks like an old man, so I've still got a little bit to go. (laughs) But, yeah, no, it looks like great fun, doesn't it? Um, It it does. Mind you, they're they're trying to pull it. The rugby guys want to win, eh? Getting people like John O'Hickey in, a good cricketer. Neil Broom, good cricketer. The competitive yeah, re- spirit yeah, doesn't it. leave they you, does it? They want it, don't they? They really want it. Tell you what, we had um, Nick, uh, Honey Badger, who am I thinking of, Cummins, on the mm-hmm. show. There we go. Uh, on TVNZ Sport the other night, and he's one of the uh, wild card imports for Team Cricket. And I suspect he was playing a game of BYC, and I suspect it's the first time he's ever held a bat. Judging by, <laughs> judging by the performance that I uh, I saw on the TV. However, it's all good fun. Billy Bowden's umpiring. We love to see that. Yeah, how bloody good, Dan Vittori. Looking sharp, looking sharp. Is that Dan Vittori? No, that's that's Kieran Reid. I tell you what. No, (laughs) it is Dan Vittori. It's the beard. The beard is absolutely... Sorry, I thought it was Kieran Reid. He's in disguise. He is in disguise. (laughs) He is in disguise. That's a lovely beard. Could he look more relaxed? I mean, I know there's nothing on the line here, but he does not look like Excuse me, there's the honour of cricketers everywhere on the line, I think you'll find, Manaya. This is a very serious competition. Not from the looks of it. See, a bit of nervous energy from Kieran Reid, isn't there? But not from uh, the the grand wizard of cricket, (laughs) Dan Vittori. Oh, gosh. We will be keeping an eye on this first, though. Hey, it's time for Mitch's Millions. 
It absolutely is. And Mitch is millions. One really took him a fancy. And we did this last time, right? We, we, we picked someone who did a $20 bet and they came in and we, we surrounded them with some, uh, some sure things and it didn't come through. So the long odds came through. But we've got another long odd today and we've decided to go with Mark. So Mark's, Mitch's Millions, suggestion today was Black Caps power play uh, on the TAB. Glenn Phillips to score 20-plus runs and get two catches. So we know where he fields in the outfield. I actually like that. He's just got to get the runs, obviously. But, yeah, two catches. High chance of Glenn Phillips out in the deep, uh, particularly the way the Indians have been hitting the ball. So, Mark, how are you, mate? Yeah, very well. Thanks, Mitch. Kim, how are you? Good, thank you, mate. Happy New Year. Are we still saying that? Uh, you might as well, you know. <laughs> That's too late. Happy New Year anyway. Happy New Year, yeah. Cheers, well, thanks. Could be a really happy New Year for you actually, Mark, because I'll tell you what, I've run I've run the numbers. Manaya's given us an option, uh, which he's he's come in with the magic to win at home at $1.87. Um, they are playing, who are they playing, Manaya? It was dollar ninety two? I don't have it in front $1.92. of me. The New Orleans Pelicans, dollar ninety two. Pelicans they're playing, at home. They're playing Ooh. the New Orleans Pelicans without Zion Williamson. Without Zion, so that's his option. Uh, Kim came in with the two dollar seventy. She wants not Nottingham Forest to beat Bournemouth. In honor of Chris Wood being honor transferred of Chris, there. Yep, being transferred there. That's paying two dollars seventy. I've jumped. I've jumped on what BP said in terms of. I, I like the Bengals. I even like the Bengals at two dollars eighty against the Bills. Not a lot of people do, but I like the Bengals. I've gone the Bengals plus five point five. So five point five points start paying a dollar eighty seven. You've gone that ten dollar chance. You can switch out. Switch out Manaya's uh, one to jump on OC, Opie Bossom if you want. We'll give you that option. <laughs> what, what that's paying two dollars eighty. They're playing the, the magic, magic, and we're picking the magic at oh. home no against Zion. the Pelicans. Nah, look, look, I'll stick with Manoia. I'll yes. go with him. I'll put the faith in the brother. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I needed that. I needed that today, Mark. <laughs> All right. He has needed that. All right. Let me see what we've got here. We are at $96. We are paying, We or oh, we can return $4,847 on that, mate. <laughs> so we've got a different theory. We've not gone bankers. Because it didn't work last time, so if that comes through, mate, that's going to be bloody outstanding. Happy days. Yeah, mate, not bad. It's like it's like uh, Kim and her, what is it, Portugal? You know, it's a sure thing. <laughs> oh, it's a sure <laughs> thing, yes, mate. That's right. It's a, it's a sure that's exactly thing. It. That's exactly it, mate. That's exactly Unbelievable. it. Unbelievable. Sorry, Kim. <laughs> that's all right. I'm still scared, but we're in a new year. New year, new me, new picks, uh, and hopefully good ones. Yes, your beauty. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one, Mark. Thank you. Goodness me. Imagine if that comes through, Mitch. Yeah, the, the other one. <laughs> if he jumped on Opie Bossom with uh, Trobian, he would have been looking at $7,068, uh, $7, $2 shot instead of uh, Manaya's $1.92. So, <gasps> Manaya, are you confident? That's all we really want to know right now. I think he's confident. He's confident. He seems he tell seems you, very confident. He knows his basketball. Well, I tell he, you so. what. So this game that we were kind of paying him out for, his, his hands were sweaty and he was getting very nervous about it, is still going. Six point six seconds on the clock. Phoenix lead one hundred and fifteen, one hundred and twelve, and the Nets have possession. 
Sorry, I was just having a yarn too. Oh my god! <laughs> there it is. There a, it is. There is a whole lot of basketball left in this game. Six point six seconds. I presume the Phoenix Suns are at the line. Uh, uh, no, no, no. The Suns have been at the line. Free throw missed. Uh, Brooklyn's been fouled. Oh so my god! Brooklyn's at the line. Can we go what? to an air break so I can watch this in peace? <laughs> Are we allowed to live commentate it? I don't even know. I don't think so, but I don't think David Stern's going to come after us. Uh, you've missed the free throw anyway. Okay. Oh, well. So, Levy. So now you want to go for the miss, shoot it out to some deliberate miss. The Stephen Adams special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get it out to someone beyond the arc and a three-pointer to tie it up, send it to OT. Um, just quickly while I have uh, my microphone on, don't forget that we are giving away a uh, – we've got a prize for the caller of the week as well. Um, I'm just dropping that one on you guys as well. Uh, we'll be calling them back after this ad break. So if you've given us a call this week uh, – Stay by your phone, and we could be calling you very shortly. Maybe the basketball game will be over. Who knows? Talk soon.